Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Terrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. My name is Cameron Aileen Maharet Durrell. Say that shit with your whole chest. Or I'll hurricane Ronnie you at your motherfucking uh, brisk. Brisk. Is that what they call it? Brisk. Brisk. Where they chop chop you pee pee. Oh, Um, yeah. It's a brisk. All right. Um, And this is the show uh, that uses cocoa (laughs) shea butter as buttery. Now what? Say something. Say something funny. It's, it's, It's organic. Uh, today, today's episode is uh, inspired uh, musically because of the meeting of music and marijuana. It is inspired by Gravity Kills Guilty. Check that shit out. Young, young motherfucker. Stop listening to mumble rap. Yeah, I said it. And today's episode is brought to you by SFV, San Fernando Valley, OG, Kush. It's a sativa hybrid. Um, <laughs> keeps you moving around. Doesn't melt you to your couch. Uh, buy your own shit. Hey everybody, Stop it's Felicia me. Rhodes here with the SFVOG. Today's episode, yes. I have a co-pilot with me. State your name. Tis I. Respect. Ooh, I love that. Trail. You already know I got a bunch of monikers. <laughs> but today I will be the titty figure. <laughs> the, Am- the Amazon destroyer. <laughs> Tester of many butt plugs. Today's episode, we're trying to go a little bit light because I'm tired of talking about trans drama, even though you eat that shit up with your goofy ass. Um, so, sure. Uh, so, topic, uh, I was kind of wanted us to, to, well, I really want to pick uh, your brain, honestly, about so do you um, tell them what trans representation in media, movies, TV. You know, throughout the years, but especially during times that it was pivotal for you. But I really, I wanted to just talk about all of the different representation that there is um, for trans folk. And, you know, the good, the bad, and the very, very fucking ugly, which is a lot of it. And I thought it would be an interesting topic to sort of pick your brain about. Just because I know that a lot of trans people growing up have said, you know, they didn't have other trans people to look to so they look to media for representations of themselves and so i found that to be something that you know not not to sit here and say hey cam i need you to answer all my questions about the trans experience for me but it it did bring up a subject between the two of us and i think that it would be really cool to have the listeners kind of have some insight on your specific experience with media and how it helped or hurt or, you know, molded you or molded some of the way that you think, you know, I'm just interested. So. And it's a cool topic as well, because like (laughs) the last episode, uh, 
uh, which you should have listened to if you didn't like get on that. The fuck are you doing? Um, uh, we kind of talked about how representation was something that we had to look for non canonically. So like right. uh, the, the stuff that or, was out there is not yeah. saying there was no trans representation. It was just to say that it was almost right. No and if it was, um, you know, even though if it was like, there, a lot of the times it, it, it wasn't necessarily even spoken as right. It was more like we're putting a man in a dress and it's a comedy punchline. So, so it's like, if that, that's, that's the representation that, you know, actual trans people look to that's, that's violent and that's right. horrifying, you know, it's, it's just really, really like sad to, to think that there was, you know, up until re- more recently, there was just truly not a lot of, but we'll get into that. Sorry. I don't mean to like the cart before the horse here, but my first question for you, and I don't mean to take over your show and interview you, but I do have some questions if you don't mind answering. Right, right. All right. Well, my first question for you is, you know, as a trans woman, what was the first trans representation no, that you personally co-pilot. saw Shoot. that was, you know, either overt or covertly, quote unquote, a trans character, even though it might not have been right. And, you know, the good and the bad. What was your first, you know, the first thing that you saw? Was it bad? Was it good? And then what was something that maybe later on was maybe a positive thing that you saw? I'm just interested to see, like, where you ran into that first in the Oh, so where I where I ran into it first, and I know like some people have spoken about this in the media already, but like really the first time I ever really saw like something that could have been considered oh, okay. uh, yep. trans representation was oh. in a comedy like sitcom that came on called The Jeffersons. It was my it was my first time seeing like and now don't get me wrong, they portrayed the person beautifully but it was still very problematic as the mode of it it was used as a character device so it, it was used it was Edie Stokes a, uh, an and it wasn't seen what and she was she was basically was, saying to George Jefferson I was Eddie I, I was your old friend Eddie beautiful and then I remember that exactly. what was yeah, it George yeah, yeah. had I to looked, bring I watched that episode Edie home, quote unquote Edie home, so that his wife didn't get jealous or think he was cheating. But he ends up bringing an actual man dressed as a woman instead of actual Edie. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. He he uh, hired. Uh, he he hired a a man to dress as a woman, and like Edie was beautiful, very statuesque, and that was something that stuck out to me as a black like trans child realizing that they were trans and realizing that there was a lot of right. like actual representation of this. It was my first time seeing this, and the first time seeing a trans person of color. It was a beautiful person. Right, it wasn't right. just like this anomaly that was stuck between two worlds or this purposefully androgynously made woman or this like purposefully comical man in a dress. It was Edie. And I remember wow, wow. it being like a really great feeling and being like, I align with that, hearing that. Now, mind you, I was like five. I was five. I started the realization of understanding my gender, gender around like four. Like right. Relating my gender to other children around me, I realized that I wasn't 
air quotes because you can't see me normally. So that was my first. Then that was around 80, 85, 86. So I was in between five and six and, and made me realize that right. being this thing was kind of a problem for everybody else was the way everybody reacted to the man. Right. And I mean, it was there was a, there was a laughter there, right? Like there was punchlines here. They but the punchline really came from like George's reaction. It wasn't it, it was, in, you know, it is interesting to look to look at that episode because there's a lot of layers there. Right. There's transphobia, of course. But it's almost as if, you know, they're writing it within the time frame that it's in. And, and in a way, yes. they are they are being trans positive. Right. Like they are being allies, but they're also being transphobic in, in the way that they're making it a punchline, too. Right. It's like they're showing Edie as an, you know, as a fucking beautiful gorgeous woman on the screen and then the eddie part is the fucking you know the the guy later in the dress is the common fucking man in dress trope so it's like they do go for that low-hanging fruit punchline but then they also give you this beautiful representation so it's so i always wondered like you know how 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 does that feel to watch? And so it's interesting that you you had a positive experience from that when there's also a layer of negative there right 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 yeah the representation always came at the cost of exploitation right which is i mean that's something that i think resonates with me you know immediately is that there was a lot of the trans experiences that were on tv that i first saw were uh, uh, you know negative somebody was getting murdered or somebody was getting a disease that had to do with their their uh gender assignment at birth right it's like a weird like like oh they have like breast cancer but they're they are a trans man for example you know like weird fucking things that it's like what the f- or like their hormones are murdering them inside like they're eating them alive or something <laughs> Now, yeah, wow. like, see, like there was a series of those going on. That was happening where right. I was seeing that in representation sometimes multiple times a week. Um, that, and that would be from like SVU to Nip Tuck to um, uh, House to uh, if you name a, a, a medical television show or a law television show within the last like 22 years, there's always the trope that someone's dying. Right, right. That's what, yeah, you just, you said that more eloquently than I. Yeah, it's, it's always like, it's, the, it's that they're, the literally they make it so that the person's transness is killing them, essentially. Like, what, like, what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Right, Chicago Hope did it in, um, I think it was 2014, Chicago Hope had an episode where a young, beautiful trans woman that you didn't realize was trans because it's got to be the gotcha moment as well. They were brought in from emergency. They were having complications. For some reason, they were told to change it to a gown. They passed out. Everybody's wondering what's going on. They're feeling the body, noticing that certain things in the pelvis weren't where they were supposed to be. Then they do their obligatory pin under the skirt. Oh, he is a she. Or she is a he. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. that kind right. of thing. Like, misgendering them, like, right off the bat. Right. Like, she's a he. No, she's trans. Right, right. 
<laughs> she's trans is easier to say than misgendering a person. It's even less fucking words. Right. It's it, <laughs> like, it's like, and here's the thing: these like, these weren't necessarily written in she's as the like antagonist of this. Trans. It was just these are the the characters, right? It wasn't. Like, No, I mean, I mean the actual characters that we're talking about. Like it These was never the bad guy being transphobic. It was just every, the everyday characters, and there might be one character that's a little more woke, if you will, than the other ones that like correct, but not always. It's like, oh no, 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 we're gonna set a, a room full of adults in this line of business. We're gonna settle on somebody saying she's a he. Are you fucking kidding? Or oh, you better change the oh, you better make it a John uh, Jane Doe to a John Doe. Like I know that that was like a line in something, you know, like like what the fuck, right? Oh, right. Oh, that was a line in multiple things. Every cop show had that line from Hill Street Blues to SVU, like, and Hill Street Blues was back in like eighty eighty five. Through do you so do you think there was a certain going, point where that, where that, that trope, began? That was there a certain movie or moment that 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 like, or at least show. you know, that sticks out in your head? I would say that that made made it like that. You know, you know what I mean. Now, see, I would, I, I would say. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me during my actual era before I started searching for us, because <laughs> before I didn't know what I was searching for, I just kind of happened upon it. Oh, wow. When I started searching for us, uh, the first time I saw that kind of thing being done on a cop show was Archie Bunker. Uh, Archie Bunker's several episodes, it was at least three in my mind where there was that the perp walk thing that happens in the beginning of the show. There was always that, like, how Barney, uh, I mean, Archie Bunker, like, kind of started. Was it, was it Archie Bunker? Was it Barney? No, it was Archie Bunker. It was a cop show. And he uh, had a bunch of cops around him, and they would go and, like, just the everyday of a police station. That was what the show was supposed to be. And in the beginning of the show, there was always a perp, a perp that they would walk through. Like it was an indecent exposure. It was a, a, a town drunk. It was a, a domestic dispute. It was a disturbing the peace. But every time it was a trans person, it was. Wow. A, this, well, what is it? Um, what did he say? Um, public perversion. Right. It was. Public perversion was used in context. What year was it that that they got rid of the law that you couldn't be uh, in public dressed as the opposite sex, Um, quote unquote? That was a law. So for people that are listening that don't know, this is an actual motherfucking law in the United States of America through the 50s. I don't know when exactly it it stopped, but this was something that people were being arrested for just simply whether, you know, they were quote unquote cross dressers, whether they were trans, whether they drag, whatever the situation, you could be fucking arrested. Um, that was the cross dressing sure. uh, law code, and it was uh, like throughout several places. I can't really pin down. I'm looking at. I'm gonna look okay. it up right now. Let's so, like that, that to me is just. I know we're talking about media specifically, but you know what's happening in real life sets the tone for media and vice versa. Media shapes how people feel about groups of people that they don't have contact with, right? So it's like it, it's this disgusting fucking parallel of 
well, here's what's going on in the actual world. And then, you know, the idea that trans women specifically are only fucking hookers and not, not sex workers. First of all, they could never have been like a respectable, you know, uh, not respectable, but like a, a respected, I should say, character, never a respected character, always a quote unquote hooker, you know, never, uh, Oh, this is a, a sex worker. This is a sex worker that didn't have the opportunity to get a job elsewhere because of discrimination. Right. It was all, you know, it's just it always grinded my gears to see it like, the the dead trans quote unquote hooker trope and it was in fucking everything exactly and the laws reinforced that like the laws for anti cross dressing started in like the early eighteen fifties and in a places right. liberal as like, like San how, Francisco how didn't dare end until six years before say that you know but was still heavily in, oh my god I just oof, it kills me so back to back to our conversation sorry to like derail it with my random like oh yeah yeah but um was there a character yeah. that you saw you know whether growing up or you know as an adult that you really identified with or you were like this is this is my representation right here this is my my piece of media that resonates with me the most uh the weird the weirdest thing about it was like um and this is going to sound wild people are going oh, to wow. what well, that's, uh, I mean, I I'm, not, I'm sorry to no hear that, but who is that representation? That me until recently. I fucking love you. That is the goddamn answer right there. Yes. Gonna sound yes. pompous yes. as shit. Me. Absolutely. There's no one in the trans community like me. And that could be said about every trans person. We all have to create ourselves and we all have this idea of who we are and it is unique to us. And a lot of people won't like there was never a, a there. I'm a smattering of characters over time. And a little a little bit of myself smashed into Tranos. Tranos is who I am on a daily basis. Um, and wow. there, there well, was lots of input that went into it, but there was no one sure. character that I saw or heard and was like, that's me. There was always some shame involved with watching those characters. And until recently, oh, that's, that, I mean, that's so moving to hear that you're able to provide yourself that, the birth of trans, that which was like a representation ago. because you know, somebody out there is going to stumble upon this fucking podcast and is going to need to hear everything that you have to say. And you're going to be their representation. And that's just a fucking beautiful thing. Honestly, it really I mean, yeah, that's one of the goals. That's been one of the goals is like, I'm I'm not your typical trans girl. I'm not um, highly passable. I am not uh, really high femme. Like, at least I'm not trying to portray that anymore. I I thought I had to, and then I realized I get to create. I get to be who I am, and I get to feel how I want, and I get to do femininity my way. And I just kind of want trans girls out there who are struggling that are younger while we are consistently under attack 
to see that there's a th- th- there's options besides what like society tells Fuck you yeah. you have to be because you're gonna make me cry over people. here we often have to i just i that's beautiful and i hope that I you know i hope you get I hope whoever's listening that is finding inspiration in you will write to you and let you know that because I think that it would be beautiful for you to hear, you know? I mean, yeah, and if they feel like <laughs> writing, you know, so, Spotify, so um, the, another question top, I have is, weed, so you know, obviously a lot of the representation that we've socials. seen in the past, even up, even up through recent years, right, has a layer of problematic whatever. So, like, you know, I always think of things like Silence of the Lambs, you know, or, you know, I know Psycho wasn't trying to, to do what it actually didn't realize it was doing, but it did it, right? It created mm-hmm. a whole series of it's okay to put to make the slasher uh you know a cross dresser or a drag or, or or a trans person or whatever because the killer is okay you know that's the villain i don't know things like that so my question for you is you know was there any pro- representation you did find problematic but you ignored it because you were like oh. i still found comfort in this and I, I really liked it for what it was and i i just kind of you know because I, I think it's interesting to to see, like, because there wasn't a, you know, there's not a lot to look to. So I'm sure there's plenty that you can still look at in, like, a, a lens of, like, I appreciate it, but also it's problematic. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's something that I came to terms with because it part of my childhood whimsy but as i got older i realized it was really really problematic and also laid the groundwork for a a defense that has been used uh, to justify the murdering of us uh oh right uh, yeah hilda and it was a cartoon a depiction from warner brothers of bugs bunny it was an operatic uh, Bugs Bunny was um a, a a Valkyrie dressed like a Valkyrie, riding a pretty horse in makeup in drag, very femme, very uh, glamorous, very graceful. And there was like this song and dance between Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny, and it was very romantic. It was also very like very telling of like uh, the, the, there was some the crescendo of the music. It was something telling of a disaster that was coming. And when it came was the unmasking of the non-canonical right. trans right. Bugs Bunny's wig fell off because we're often attributed our transness to costume dresses, makeup hair um, the wig falls off Elmer Fudd right. finds out that Bugs Bunny is a male rabbit not that the El- Elmer Fudd didn't have a problem fucking a woman rabbit we're not going to talk right. about that but um, that it was a man rabbit and that was the first installment yeah that's a lot to fucking unload right there right? written and also how did that when did you see that how did how did you feel children. when you watched it right like so it was a right. progression like when i first saw it i was a child like i was like four or five because it was in syndication it was an old cartoon by that point it wasn't like brand new like it was made sometime in the 70s um, it wasn't new, so by the time I saw it, it was at least ten years old, uh, ten to fifteen years old, 
Um, I saw it several times and every time I watched it and every time I had the realization more of what I was becoming and who I was, I realized that there were these characters out right. there that we attributed transness to because they felt like us in a small way. We could relate to what was happening with them in a small way. And as I got older and was able to relate like the need to feel more feminine, the need to dress a certain way, the ability to move from one right one expression to the next i realized that like non-canonically like bugs bunny was a trans person in that situation a person who right and and, and there was all the underlying markers of being a trans person by stereotype um uh, a deceiver who caused chaos um who was a a, a double agent of some sort uh who was not right. being truthful oh. about how they presented and then was killed for it. So I was like 12 when I came to the realization of, oh, so all those murders that happened in the 80s where a man killed a trans woman, or as they said back then, cross-dresser, tranny, they used those names in newspapers back then. I was like, oh, a person who identified other than the way you would normally see a normal air quotes person right and they were killed because of it and the justification for them dying is that they were lying that's the justification that they lied about something but like i always knew even as a 12 year old i was like if you let a person get that close to you and you're intimate with them there's no possible way that it's like oh i was tricked we still gravitate. We're like vampires. I've been saying it for episodes. I said it when I was on this room. We're like vampires. We gravitate towards one area that feels safe. We go to places that feel safe. We meet people who might be like-minded because we only go to places where people might be like-minded. So if you are with a trans woman and then you are intimate with right. a trans woman and you right. kill there them, is, there's no deception not, there's happening. No this is, there's no like, you, felt you know, and also, and first of all, like you were with disclosing what's going on wherever in your life has nothing to like i i don't know like there's lots of stuff like there's you know plenty of people that don't disclose like their full sexuality to people like it just my 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 point is that like it doesn't make sense for that to be the like the deceptive thing is that is a common trope like that's not a thing you know what i mean like nobody's trying to fucking go out there and you know you know what I mean? Like when it comes to intimacy, like nobody's trying to trick you, you know, like I, I heard, I've heard that from straight, I, I didn't know how to articulate that properly. I've heard that from straight cis man, men a lot in my life where that feel that they're comfortable, right. you know, because they know I'm a member of the LGBTQ community. So they think that they can disclose to me that like, they're cool with trans people, except for when they trick me. What? No one's trying to trick you. What the fuck are you talking about? No one's trying to fucking more dangerous situation and that's the representation that all they know is that what they see on tv and on right, tv they've seen that that's representation. a thing that's a tr- right because the representation up to this point with, with, even within the last 10 years like with all these great shows coming out with like great representation um up to like it, it's still limited but like the nuance of the past was always taken out. It was always they're deceivers, hormones make them sick, 
They have mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. They're serial killers. Um, they're cabaret singers. Uh, their bodies make us throw up. Um, I mean, like, think about like the most beautiful mm -hmm. trans woman in media in the nineties, uh, and like early two thousands and late nineties was Candace Kane. Candace Kane was on, uh, I think it was Law and Order, uh, for the first time before she was cast in another show that we'll probably touch on. I'm not sure. Um, Candace Kane played mm -hmm. uh, stripper who was at work, got off of work, was dating a person, was viscerally killed in the bathroom. Uh, and we weren't paying attention to the grisliness of the murder. What they did was they laid Candace Kane, this fucking blonde bombshell, beautiful, like, unclockable woman on a gurney, and they tore her apart. Right. Look at the size right. of her feet. Look at the size of her hands. Oh, her boobs have been altered. And then we already talked about the obligatory of the skirt. Um, so all the nuance about trans didn't they do her away. dirty in her show that she was like an actual like so she so there I think like it wasn't until her show what was it dirty sexy money there wasn't a uh, reoccurring character that was trans I don't think until her and yeah, I think I'm pretty sure yeah it it was this show they. They were respectful nope. to her and whatnot, but the first fucking line of the first episode, they lowered her voice. Oh, I would. I don't really remember completely. So, I don't even think they were respectful to her. If you think about the storyline itself, uh, I think it was. It? Like, yeah, I think it might be right. Two thousand three, right probably it? It sounds in, right. Uh, wasn't it the early two thousands? I want to say like two thousand and three. So it was 2003, Dirty Sexy Love, uh, was, and it was a big deal. Like, people were talking about it. It was on, like, um, uh, uh, television and night shows and stuff like that. Right. And um, Extra and all of those other shows that were on at the time. And it was a big deal about having a trans, a openly trans person on television. And it came to the night where a bunch of queer people all got together because they wanted to watch it. And I remember this. Not just from hearing about it from other people, but just so I gross. actually remember That is this. so gross. Candace Kane's voice was dropped two octaves. Her first line. The first right. line that she spoke. Her, her natural voice, which we've all heard before because she had been in music videos and had spoken right. on other shows. Right. Yep. She had been like an extra or a hooker number one, dead uh, dancer girl number two, at least 20 times by this point. Her right. voice, like the first time she spoke for one whole sentence was dropped an octave for effect. So we were like, this is the trans person that they sound like a man. Like we had to um, like even like um, uh, Dog right. Day Afternoon, uh, the casting for Dog Day Afternoon was like really beautiful trans women who were turned away because Can they we looked talk too about real. It's always about what is up with and it's always about there are so many us, uh, look like clowns. trans women actresses pre we're predators and there are still to this day men being cat now listen i don't i i'm i'm okay with the idea that actors and actresses can you know cross cross into things that they you know may may not be right like a straight person can act, can play a gay person blah 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 but there's something really fucking wrong in my head about a man 
basically playing, you know, dress up as a woman to be this trans character and then going back and not, and then being, I don't know, like, whereas like if a, if a girl, if a woman, if a cis woman, sorry, if a girl, what am I saying? If a girl, if I'm thinking of euphoria in my head, if a cis woman plays a trans woman, Again, I think, you know, give the character to a fucking yeah. trans woman, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it doesn't, I feel like it, it, it. it's not the same. Is it, am I wrong in that? I just feel like the, it just doesn't feel the same. I went on record as saying that I am not a fan of people from outside of a culture playing certain cultures and let's not mistake it trans culture exists uh so i I, i've never been a fan of that and like i got into a a huge fucking argument a couple years back with someone who used to be my friend shout out to you piece of shit you know who you are i'm not gonna say your name suck my dick um (laughs) about um uh the (laughs) what was the one with eddie redmayne the dutch girl so I don't. Here's what I don't like about right. men. Right. Thank trans, you. Sorry. <laughs> that it is subliminally telling us that trans women are men. One, two, two. It's that these movies that would tell great stories of representation about real life trans people, like the Dutch Girl is supposed to, don't stick to it. They 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 um mm-hmm. romanticize trans status. By one in that movie, Eddie Redmayne was infatuated with a dress. It wasn't that there was any thought of of upheaval or like uh, incongruence of gender identity and body. There was no thought of that. It was, oh, I saw a dress in the window. And oh, I was fetishized by another girl who dressed up like a girl. And I was paraded around in public. But they didn't talk about the trans person that was based upon real life. They didn't talk about any of that stuff. And then... um. They were awarded, Eddie Redmayne was rewarded for this interpretation of what a trans right, woman right. was. It was really Ugh. more of just a man acting like a man dressed as a woman. And, and I've, I've always stood on that rock. And with this old friend, uh, they had the audacity, not being of the trans culture, to say what good representation that movie was. And when they were told that it wasn't good representation, they knew more than a trans person. But that is the mage mark and of the ingredients of a performative fucking ally. You're going to hear a lot of people say what right. representation right. is good enough for trans people. And nine times out of ten, the people who are out openly out here agreeing with that kind of shit are not trans people. They don't know how that affects us. They don't know the history of some of the tropes that are being used to prop up these men playing trans women. And here's the thing. I I know everyone else has noticed it. Mm -hmm. After they play these roles, when they accept their awards, which they will inevitably inevitably get for being mediocre white men doing anything, I I can't remember the They're always super butch when they get it. Right. Uh, right? All of them. Jesus. John Lithgow. You never saw John Lithgow with a fucking beard until after he played a trans person. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. They that's, all and that's the thing is here. They gotta, like, like, okay. One thing one I was thinking of is Wilson Cruz. For money for a couple of months. So, so it's either that they, they cast these like cis who then butch up after, which you totally are right. Uh, like cis straight men, for example, in these roles and, or they cast, what we would cons- what society i should say would consider effeminate gay men say like wilson cruz wilson cruz was cast as a trans woman in ally mcbeal so again you can- it's like remember they- this this actor is an actor it's not you right. know what i mean it's almost like to it's like god for fucking bid there was so, especially during that, like that was what early two thousand, mid two thousands. Ally McBeal, you had a, you had a huge, you know, wide array of amazing trans women that you could have cast in that role. Absolutely, right. you did not have to cast. And you know, Wilson Cruz is a great actress. I mean, I'm sorry, actor and a, you know, a part of the community. But that doesn't. I'm sorry, no, like no, you're still, you're not doing it. You're not doing because the whole that episode is supposed to be like that is supposed to be someone that you have empathy for that you feel for that the characters end up coming through for and wanting to help right that is i mean yes it ends up being quote unquote the dead hooker trope but at the end of the day they were trying to show humanity in this character even if they had transphobic fucking rhetoric in it but again they fucking missed the mark because they cast wilson cruz instead of an Right. You can't reinforce the mark by using a, exactly. a, a series of tropes and stereotypes. Like you can't put like this like hard ass like man out there, even though you might view him as effeminate. You can't put this hard ass man out there with bad makeup and like purposefully like like you're purposefully like creating this visage of trans. And you're also kind you're, you're giving into the whole idea that it's making like, it like super you know. Again, super, it's, super this is just a man dressed up. And like, exactly. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you are literally erasing the trans experience in one one immediate, simple casting that you could have just done right. Right, but it, the casting has always been that way. Plus, like if you think about the casting, it never goes beyond a pivotal point, or, or, or it goes beyond like a short casting of a murder or a death or anything like that, unless a cis man is playing it. Uh, and, and in some instances, cis men are playing these parts, and these parts are here's yeah. a trans woman saves the hero, makes them remember that they're a hero. This person rises up. This trans person disappears or dies. It's literally the the trope that goes around. That's the thing that everybody um, sees as a representation that that person, that character is only important if it's raising up the right. status quo. And once it is raised it's it up fun. and cleaned it and cleaned it up and wiped off its knees and, and dried its tears, trans people die. The trans characters got to go now. We have no more use for them. And if it's extended to that point, it's, it's always a, um, a cis male playing a trans woman in that situation. And if they did a little bit of more course. research, if they had one person that was an advocate or they had one person that was consulted on any of these shows, half of this shit wouldn't have happened. But they didn't even trust us enough to ask us about our experiences. Because, oh, yeah, and, and, uh, I know you asked the question, like, what representation um, 
was close to me, I would say the well, the representation that made me feel right, the right. most whole that was still solely problematic and, and very exploitive was Pal- uh, Dallas um, Paris's Burning. Paris's Burning is like a legendary film for a lot of people from my culture, but at the same time, we also right. know that that was it was very exploitive. That the the the, the families, the houses were not treated right. well. They got nothing from that. Their what they got from that was uh, an invitation from Madonna to come and steal their shit, and for this thing to be world recognized, and for them to like not retain a single thing from it. Um, like it's it's people coming into the culture, right? So it's basically coming in and exploiting, not giving any kind of like, like proper payment, and really you know reaping like. all of the benefits from exploiting it and telling it from their viewpoint, right? Or even cultural credence. True. Like it's True. not even res- a, a full on respecting of the culture. It's like a guest that's coming in that all of a sudden wants to make house rules. And like that, that representation when I was young, I, like I said, it was, it was easy to sit there and see, like I saw trans people on hundreds of shows by the time I was 19 years old. And in every iteration on every show, there was some negative right. that outweighed any positive that there was beyond the fact that I felt I felt an allegiance to some of these characters. Some of these characters molded how long I was going right. to hide, so like, how I was going to identify. My fear of identifying was all reinforced understood. by the So you were basically like, well, these characters are dying male, or they're being, you know, stuck to, you know, you know, thrown on the streets and they can only have this one type of job and they're going to end up dead and drug addicts and all this. So... I'm going to have to fucking keep my shit as quiet as possible for the longest time until I feel like I can fucking, you know, society, I'm not being articulate, but you know what I'm saying? Like until society can fucking digest my existence, which according to media, they couldn't, right? We, We had fucking Jerry Springer every fucking week exploiting some fucking situation. Yeah, it was, you know, trans people being exploited, yeah, fucking, just the, the queer community I mean, in general, just being exploited and, like and, and so, so many different instances. Mm. But Trans Day on all of those shows especially felt like a circus. Joan Rivers, Donahue, um, uh, Geraldo, right. Maury, uh, Ricky Lake, all of them had Jenny Jones, all of them had a series of those episodes where it was like, so tell us about your penis. So our, is this Jesus person that Jenny Jones was terrible for this? She used to have, guess what challenges? <sighs> like they would have like 20 women walk down the stage and it would be like, is this a real woman or a man? Is this a real woman? Or a man, and then like when it got to like the fourth episode of doing that, it was no longer. Is this a woman or is this a tranny? What is this? You know what I'm saying? Like they use that kind of language. Like is this a woman or is this a tranny? And it was always like, what the fuck? Like what the fuck? And um, what what's another representation that made me really upset? Oh oh, I got it. Um, shout out to the Sex in the City fans. Y'all about to be real mad at me. Holler at me in my inbox though. I'll roast the shit out you. 
I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say it with my whole chest. The caucasity, first off, of making right. a show about the city, which we all know is New York, and it being about four fucking white women. <laughs> One, two, the limit of brown people that you see on this show. And if you do see them, they're like surface people and they're grabbing bags and they're maids and they're like uh, walk past like, uh, shady characters and criminals. And then the representation of the trans community <laughs> was prostitutes outside of the slutty one whose name I don't remember because I didn't watch the fucking show. <laughs> um, I refused right off the bat when they said Sex in the City and they told me what the cast was. I was like, oh, four white women. It's another show about four white women. Sounds like Golden Girls, but shittier. <laughs> like, right. like Golden Girls was at least uh, at least relatable, progressive, progressive and relatable. Like we all gonna age. That's something that we can relate to. But like four affluent white women in New York having first world problems was I a series remember. that was on television forever. What was her name? Amanda? Was it Amanda the sex? The one who was a, a fucking sex scene. Like, she has, like, some apartment. It was, like, in Soho or some shit like that. And she said this line. She said, my neighborhood is trendy by day and tranny by night. And the other girl said, tranny? And she said, you know, chicks with dicks, tits, and balls underneath. And then um, Sarah Jessica Parker's character said, it's the other white me. And I threw a shoe. Uh, back in the day, I wore Osiris. Yeah. I threw an Osiris sneaker. At my fucking television, you know the big booty joints, not these flat televisions that would be destroyed. Um, but I, I threw a whole Osiris at my television, and I was like, I that that was the episode I was going to try to watch the show, and I'm done. I wrote that whole show off just because of that singular scene that I saw on Entertainment Tonight. I didn't even watch the show. I just saw that scene on Entertainment Tonight. Entertainment yeah, Tonight showed that episode. That, that scene from that episode because everybody thought it was funny. So that segment, everyone was laughing. And I was like, they just used a fucking slur. It's yep. the only time they depicted black people on this show in at least at right. least a month. Right. They're all black prostitutes and they're all just, lying. Just com- completely fucking, you know, uh, freak show shit. Like, oh, <laughs> step right up. See the big, big shoulders, linebacker dresses. dressed in a skirt. Like, fuck off. And they were sex workers who were being crass. Like, I think the, the, I don't know how they cast it. It was like, hey, if we what get to you to say this line. And uh, the line was, if you don't get to that thing out of my ass, I'm going <laughs> to shit on it. That was the line that they were assigned. That's what they got paid to do that day. And I can't imagine how many men they got to say that line. They were like, you're playing a, you're playing a training hooker. So I'm going to need you to say this line as sassy as possible. If you don't get that thing out of my ass, I'm going to shit on it. And I was like, this is the representation I get from four white women on a show about New York that doesn't showcase black people at all. Black people just don't exist in New York. Like, not only do black people not exist in New York, but trans people. And, you know, when you think about it, when was Sex in the City? When did Sex in the City come out? Like late 90s, early 2000s? So, like, if you think about it, think about how soon after that i want to say like, like orange say like is the new black which has its problems in and of itself but we have a completely different kind of like you know upheaval of how the media 
it's not even 12 years later and we have it's like think about how fucking ignorant and ridiculous shit was but then also it's like it hasn't even come far enough you know it's so it's so fucking disgusting to think that like that was that was our representation right i say our but you know yeah. what i mean that was the representation in what the early 2000s and then we have you know some sort of positive representation now Okay. Right. When when did Sex in the City? I mean, Sex in the City was from like what ninety eight to two thousand four. They had about ninety four, not even a hundred episodes. Right. It was only six seasons. I think but it was two thousand twelve like, or two thousand thirteen. Actually, I think it was like, like earlier what, than you think. Two thousand and fourteen. I think it was later than that. So that's like a nine year gap. And in that nine right. year gap, right. we progressed enough to have like a recurring character, and it wasn't centered around their genitals. Um, right, they're still a prisoner, of course. There was there but... was some some breath to who this <laughs> no. character was. They gave this character humanity, right? But then they right. were like, still a you're, but like we respect you, you know. You're still a criminal. So it, again, <laughs> like, again, you're still a how, amongst. Then demons. we have Pose, like, but I are. just don't feel like Pose was necessarily. I feel like Orange is this New Black was definitely digested by straight people and cis people and, you know, white hetero people a lot more than, than Pose. I mean, I, I'm wrong. Oh, okay. I think I would disagree because I think, I think Pose... I don't think the aim of Pose was to be for, because Pose is still a very a big success as compared to Orange is a New Black. Pose is a very big success. Um, Ryan Murphy kind of did a like um, kind of. So like would you say that that was um that was brought, brought as far as like more like sorry as, as far as like more current times? Do you think Pose is probably one of the best representations? Right, I would say Pose is is the best representation of right. a historical time in our lives that we don't talk about. We don't talk about the the AIDS pandemic and how it affected the trans community. We don't talk about like being homeless in New York, and we didn't talk about like uh, the origin of houses. We didn't talk about the importance of houses for trans people of color. We didn't we didn't talk about that unless we were talking about it in our own communities. And now there's a reference point that people get to go back to that they can be like, oh, this was what it was like in the 80s. This is how prevalent HIV was in the 80s. This is what a death sentence it was. That they, they pay homage to the island where a lot of trans right. women oh, who died from HIV, right. a lot of gay people who died from HIV were just taken and buried out like out off of New Jersey. That's a real place. We didn't talk about that until Pose came. Um, they also talked about like how hard it was to be a business owner and be trans in the eighties. They talked about like um, how fetishization happened with um, <laughs> Angel's character and homeboy from fucking um, American Horror Story. A little sexy thing. I don't know his fucking name, but I'll fuck him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he he kind of like left his family with fetishizing. He wanted a relationship with her, but he wasn't willing to step out in the light with her. Not completely. 
and like we watched how that progressed with his like we watched how Dominique really was a a, a strong willed uh, powerhouse in the ballroom, but yes, was yes, always yes. at the mercy of a white man. Uh, we talked about like the uh, things that mm-hmm. were connected to Dorian Gray. Uh, do you know about Dorian Gray? You know Dorian Gray killed a motherfucker and kept him in the case, right? In her house, right? Like it was there was a parallel there. There was a parallel there with that storyline going on with Dominique's character. Then there were like the one episode that made me cry so much. It was of the death with one of the like main characters, and I'm I'm drawing a blank because I'm super high. Um, it really affected me because I remember back to Paris's burner, and I remember when we lost the extravagant one of the greatest extravaganzas to ever live, and she was pretty much found the same way. It paid homage to these really historical moments that happened in in ballroom culture and, and early '80s trans cult, culture of POCs. And it paid homage to that. I think it needed to be made so there was a point of reference for us because generally when we talk about positive um, representation. It's normally white people that are being represented in that moment. It's not us. We still don't talk about the things that affect. Because Ryan Murphy's showing you that these things that were happening in the 80s in these storylines that are based on real people are still happening today. So I think that, yes, um, Pose was more for the culture, but I think it ultimately reached more people. I'm going to take my small marijuana break. If If you hear gurgling... Or the clicking of a lighter, <laughs> or light calls from my sexy baritone voice. Act like a fucking Let's adult. my blood with you. Right? Here we go. Right. Yeah, you don't know what time it is. Here comes that cough. <coughs> Basically, you were just, you were summing up that we you had. were telling me. I was wrong. Pose is actually reaching group, like you know more groups of people than I thought, which is fucking amazing to know. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was necessarily telling you I was wrong. I was just like opening it up from my perspective. You know what I mean? Like as a black person who was heavily influenced by both shows and also lived in the eighties, I was able to relate to Pose more. Because it was about real people. It was, and they it, they didn't use the real names, but these people were represented in the culture in the eighties. There was always that strong mother like Blanca. There was always the head, the, the, the um, you know, what I'm saying the the up and coming wannabe model. Um, it, it really gave like um, Octavia um Saint Laurent, who is like a, literally everyone's fucking idol. Like she scratched and clawed for a way to become representation for us and she was in lots of ads she was in lots of magazines she was a model she did what she said she wanted to do but she did that in the 80s during the AIDS pandemic she did that when it would you had to be stealth as a model when you were trans when you if you were an actor you couldn't be out she did all that stuff and that those stories were so much more fulfilling and relatable to people who who lived in that echo, you know what I mean? Like, right. Who are living that prison. Like, <laughs> well, what, we I'm sorry all, to clarify. Like, I don't to, want people um, to think I didn't think that pose is relatable. I was more so like, questioning if pose was not just relatable, but also um, was like what I didn't realize how successful it was. I didn't realize that like the straight cis community is indulging in this show that I thought 
you know, like I, I don't, I, I don't actually know any of like the statistics, but that makes sense because it's won so many awards and all of that. But like, for my knowledge, it's written and directed with straight, I mean, with straight, yeah, with trans women, right? That's, I mean, so that's fucking beautiful. Like, you can't really get any better than that. So it's so, I, it's so nice to know that it's successful, right? Yes. You know. And here's the secret, though. Here's the secret, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, our cultural stuff and historical things that when it has to do with queerness are always a hit. You know why I say that? Because white men will steal anything. White queer men often wow. steal the identities of black women. And black women often right. borrow their trends from trans women. So it's all kind of like a circle. All the trends come from the way our bodies look. All the makeup trends are based upon what right. we do in the ballroom. All all the styles that are in for the season, we have somehow created out of nothing or mopped or uh, stolen. Um, that's actually so insightful like and so true now that I think of it. That's fucking so... That's hell yeah. Trends of femininity within pop culture. True. Very, very, very true. So... Madonna stole some shit from us and got famous off of it for 40 fucking years. <laughs> Let's be real. The bitch can't sing. Yeah, I said it. The, the whole queer community coming after me. Y'all need to help y'all girl. Y'all see her out here. Her head looking big as a bitch. She got so much shit pumped in her. She like, <laughs> she's stealing from niggas. Uh, she's been stealing from us for 40 years. And now she's trying to pull. Like, now so she's speaking from of that, side. not necessarily stealing, girl. but. Speaking of disservices to the trans community from from famous people in general, what are some current like what's a what would you say would be a current like Madonna, if you will? Yeah, like who's who's stealing and not respecting? Yeah. The current Madonna? From from black trans people? I would say, uh, ooh, there's a lot of people, but I'm going to say it loud. Um, and I know she's been getting a lot of heat from Kanye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye, you need to chill the fuck out. Uh, but uh, Kim Kardashian, the Cole Kardashian family steals from trans people constantly. Like, constantly steals from black black women and trans women all the time. They just steal mm. their That's bodies. Uh, like, literally, mm-hmm. the surgeries that they got are all the surgeries that a trans girl in the 80s dreamt of. Their hairstyles borrow from us. Uh, their references borrow from us. Like it's just it's it's bad. Um, who else steals from us? Um, any real uh, uh reality television situation from Black Ink to uh real uh, Housewives, they all kind of borrow from like ballroom culture with the reads and like the drama. And like the the, the makeup styling, the mm-hmm. hair, it's all drag. It's all, is there it's any all one um, like it's show or movie that recently has had poor that representation that you really like? Wish you could wrap your hands around the neck of. <laughs> mm. Ooh, um. To be totally honest, like I kind of unplugged from the TV world recently. And I think it had everything to do with me just being fed up with like. Okay, 
I don't know if this show is still on, but this show is the reason why I stopped watching. Uh, also stopped like wishing uh-huh. for a better presentation for us all. Uh, the Caitlyn Jenner show. I am Kate. That show, a lot of people are going to be like, that was great representation. It was just a bunch of rich, upper echelon, white, trans, and gender expansive people unless there was interactions with um at a school. Like it I really felt like Caitlyn Jenner was given this platform. And Caitlyn right. Jenner did what right. Caitlyn Jenner was literally positioned and privileged to do. Worried about Caitlyn. Like there was no representation of what it looks like to be a poor person. There was no understanding of some of the harmful things that Caitlyn was saying and doing on our behalf. Nobody fucking asked her. She literally spoke over a bunch of people. And when there were breath of fresh air, see, I didn't check that show out. Just situations, you know, that were enlightening. She stomped them out with ignorance and meaning. I had so much hope. I crossed my fingers and wished Caitlyn the best. And she walked out into the world and was like, trans athletes shouldn't fucking compete. And Republicans don't hate us. And there's no Republican that's made any laws versus the LGBTQ. Wait a minute. Let me talk to Donald Trump about that. Let's see if he'll listen to me. No, bitch. You forfeited your table. You forfeited your seat at man table. At Mm, white man mm -hmm. table. Like that. You were like, nah, I'm good. And you pulled your chair away. And you somehow thought... Yeah. She's, um... Yeah, I think you nailed it. You think you nailed it. Like, there's not much more I can add to that just because she's. I I think a lot of people would say that, like, that show could have been and missed the mark, right? I think it was never tailored to do that. I think it was. It was organic, and there were mm-hmm. real moments on that show that were really enlightening, but they didn't involve Caitlyn. It was everyone else. And once again, C- Candy was on that show. Like, so, <laughs> shout out Candy I... for holding us down. Um, uh, but, like, Caitlyn, like, um, goofy bitch, sit down somewhere. Like, goofy bitch, sit down somewhere. Like, nobody's asking right. you to speak for us. You are not qualified to speak about anything like nobody your unique your experience as a trans woman is so unique and so privileged that there's no way that you would be able to speak for all of us unless you were willing to do the work to figure out and have conversations with us about what we should be talking about you didn't talk to us about anything you 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 siphoned from your like republican like um dna you siphoned from your 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 previous male privilege, you siphon from that, and that's how you see the world from your ivory tower. Let us not Wait, forget what? that. And I'm gonna, allegedly, really? no, this isn't allegedly. It's actually factual. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner killed a person and got away with it. Oh, I didn't and know got that. Showed, Holy and got shit! Out. Oh my like, right god! Like right at the of all of this, Caitlyn that's Jenner fucking hit terrible. In and she died. And we don't talk about that. We talk about Caitlyn Jenner says that athletes, trans athletes, shouldn't be able to compete right, right, with right, cis right. women athletes. Mm-hmm. But Caitlyn Jenner didn't have mm-hmm. that energy when she got the woman mm-hmm. in the Pick the struggle, bitch. 
pick a struggle. You I love you so much. And when I'm done beating you, Tucker Carlson, come get these hands. This was so enlightening. I really am so appreciative that you would take the time to, you know, entertain my questions. And I'm, you know, I definitely think that we just need to move away from like the only job for uh, a trans person in media is a, you know, a quote unquote hooker, AKA, you know, a sex worker. I don't like using that term, but that's what they're called is a sex worker or, you know, a dead person on our fucking SVU episode. Like Jesus Christ. I understand that, that, you know, you are trying to draw upon real life scenarios. I, I understand that. I, I get that. That's what media is trying to do, but the, the existence of trans people is not just to get murdered, right? Like trans people are out there thriving and doing things. Can we see a, a positive experience? You know, it doesn't all have to be this one thing. And I think that that's something that media is hopefully moving away from, but I do still see it coming up to this day. And it's the need that we have um, as uh, regarding trans representation in modern times is can be summed up in a single word more we need more representation we need all walks of life we need to understand intersexuality and nuance we need to understand that like not all trans right. women are attracted to men we also need to understand that trans people also includes the umbrella of expansive which also includes non-binary people like uh, we have to be more aware of these cultures that we're using as plot devices. Like we're, we shouldn't be used any longer as these like outdated archaic plot devices. We need more walks of life. Right. We need more stories from trans people. We don't need to give a millionaire white woman, Republican trans woman, a platform. The motherfucker is rich and is detached from what reality would entail for other people. The bitch lives in the Audrey Tower. The bitch has millions of dollars, has been a millionaire since the fucking 70s. We need to start talking to the struggling artists. We need to start talking to trans musicians. We need to start talking to trans volunteers, trans activists. We need to start highlighting them because they're the people who are moving the movements along. Not this bullshit circus shit y'all got going on the side. Not these problematic totems that y'all hold up and tokenize. That's what Caitlyn stepped into. That's what a lot of trans women of of the alabaster complexion step into. They come out with these big paychecks. They come out swinging that they're going to do all the talking for us, but then they never consult any no, of us. Not. And they don't know anything about our existences. Because let me ask you something. You think no. Caitlyn Jenner no. knows what hunger feels like? You think Caitlyn Jenner ever been fired from a job and cared? Right, I mean, right. You think that, that, you think that bitch ever walked into a space and someone said something derogatory to her and it wasn't handled immediately, then that bitch shouldn't be talking about like discrimination or anything like that. She should be out there experiencing it, asking questions and shadowing people and putting her privilege in a place that protects us. That's what we need. That's what we need right now. We need more representation showing that kind of stuff happening. Let's normalize that instead of normalizing these bullshit tropes. No, we are not serial killers. Um, a right. lot of people are attracted right. to our bodies. That's the reason that, like, air quotes, she male porn is only number two to step. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all out there are thinking a about fucking men to that. So y'all can stop capping with the fucking throwing up shit. That's bullshit.
You mean to tell me you 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 see my homegirl? Shout out to Daisy. You know who you are. She's um she's a a, a porn star. <laughs> Shout out to Daisy. Um, out here getting money and also being fine at the beach. I'll let you. Um, <laughs> like we we need more representation of every walk of life. We need to stop acting like we're just sex workers. We're just serial killers. We're we're just men in dresses. Um. We're just plot devices. We really, really, really need like to start thinking about more representation. And in the midst of them trying to destroy us with this no, like, don't say gay bills and 150 bills attacking trans children, like it's even it's 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 even harder. You would think it's even harder now, but Absolutely. remember we lived in the eighties and the seventies. Well, thank you so we much for you know answering all these questions. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I I really do like to you know, pick your brain because, you know, you're closer to me in age than, than, um, uh, I feel like the rest of the world. And <laughs> don't, I just feel like you and I are an, on an island sometimes, but I do like to, you know, ask you if you're, because, you know, we, we are, we're eighties babies. So it's interesting to see like where the crossover, you know, media sort of indulgence came through and all of that, because there's definitely, a lot of the things you talked about, I was like, yeah, that rings a bell or I definitely saw that. And it's just, um, I'm, you know, I'm very appreciative that you would share your experience because I think it is important to just have more, you know, louder conversations about this so that we can push toward getting that proper representation. And like you said, more representation in general. So. Right, like I, I mean, that is the title of the show, Kranos and the Lived Experience. I'm out here sharing my experience with the world, and I, I appreciate you coming on the show and asking some questions. Like, I don't have a problem with answering questions. I, I kind of prefer it sometimes. Right, I would of like course. To and then you know, you can teach wanna, me some stuff, and also, and it, you know, it, and, it, it lets you shine. You know, no one needs to hear what I have to say, but I definitely need to ask you what you have to say. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks everybody for well, listening and tuning in. Make sure that you follow Cam up, online everywhere up. at the and Tranos. And um, also make sure that you <laughs> like and subscribe, Tranos and Lived Experience. And definitely show some love to Cam. Um, you can find my the GoFundMe link to her GoFundMe in my Instagram bio. And uh, that's at People's Tramp. Thanks so much for having me on, Cam. You're the best. No, no problem. And with that being said, my name is Kamrayim Elin Maharet Terrell, aka Trenos. <laughs> Say that shit with your whole chest, or you're going to come home one night and turn your lights on and find me in the corner waiting for bucket naked soup. <laughs> <laughs> this was Trenos and the Lived Experience. This show that definitely applied. Peace.